The month of January is planning season, and if growing and designing with specialty chrysanthemums is in the mix for you, or if you're just mum curious, you'll enjoy today's conversation with Jessica Hall of Harmony Harvest Farm. The whole goal is that with us kind of sharing these and getting them out there, more people are growing mums, more people are offering mum plants. I'm working really hard to try to show everybody like, hey, this is making me some money. I think it can make you some money. And I think if we all work together, it also makes me really profoundly happy. But I think we feed off of that. And so if we all just work together, look at how much we did with dahlias. At Harmony Harvest, we are truly on the discovery of a better life through flowers and sharing that journey with others. Mm. Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzig. This is episode 645. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 750 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to the Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. I'm welcoming Jessica Hall of Harmony Harvest Farm back to the Slow Flowers podcast today with an update on her Wires Cave, Virginia-based farm and its expanding collection of specialty, old-fashioned, heirloom, and hard-to-find chrysanthemums for growers and gardeners. The MUM Project, as it is called by Jessica and her partners, Mom Chris Auville and Sister Stephanie Duncan, reflects the ambitious journey on which these women have embarked to educate themselves and the entire floral community about the exquisite qualities of chrysanthemums. They have networked extensively with other chrysanthemum aficionados, from members of the National Chrysanthemum Society to growers of public garden collections. Their goal is to expand the Harmony Harvest list of mother plants from which they can take cuttings, propagate more plants, and offer high-quality plugs to growers and gardeners. In the process, they are also advocating for other flower farmers to get in on the mum game, offering educational resources and events to elevate understanding about growing mums. You can peruse the collection of mums, ranging from Apricot Alexis, which has a blushy salmon color and a cascade of curving petals, to Vesuvio, an ultra-weird creamy ivory chrysanthemum that begs the question, are you sure that's a mum? And you'll see more than 50 selections in the current inventory of plugs or plant starts offered at both retail and wholesale programs at the online store that Harmony Harvest offers. I'll share that link in our show notes. Let's jump right in and join my conversation with Jessica. There is a video that accompanies this audio episode, and you can find the link in our show notes for episode 645 at slowflowerspodcast.com. In that video, we've added a small video that Jessica filmed inside one of the three chrysanthemum growing houses at Harmony Harvest. I'll uh, share the audio of that in this podcast as well. 
future of a whole industry could be as simple as this. Hi, I'm Jessica with Harmony Harvest Farm. And I'm so excited to give you a behind the scenes sneak peek of our new mom project. This is our initiative to help change the fabric of the industry for American flower farmers as we know it. Just think the power that one flower could have to transform a whole industry. As amazing and vibrant as that sounds, we find ourselves in January in the very cold mother house where the plants are just beginning to wake up. This is where our season fully begins with the mums and we hope to see a whole lot of farmers waking up in January with us. You see, this month is when we begin to see all of these amazing varieties. And around me is one of three houses that holds different varieties. Every creek planted in here is a different variety in our preservation collection, where we will be taking cuttings this month. And oh, look here. You can see a lot of new shoots jumping up from what looks like death of last year we have a whole lot of new friends showing up. January, we take tons of cuttings here at the farm. We work with different state governing officials to make sure that USDA says these are clean and compliant so that we can send you quality material. We work with other propagators so that our supply chain can feed many farmers. And then in the spring, we're able to ship out these amazing club beauties, rooted and ready for your garden to be planted on your season for amazing fall blooms. Our team will spend the next few months cataloging all of the new growth on every single one of these mother crops. You see, a lot of this information, it just doesn't exist. So we're trying to change that. And through the MUM Project, we're trying to share everything that we learn so that hopefully the chrysanthemums truly can change American floristry. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Slow Flower Show with Deborah Prinzing. Still early in January, and miraculously, I've convinced someone to come on the show with me, and I'm delighted to welcome Jessica Hall of Harmony Harvest Farm, one, one of the key people, but not the only partner in this business. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thank you so much, Deborah, for inviting uh, me on and also just hanging out with me at the beginning of a whole new year. Yeah, uh, yeah it's always it. fun when you, we get to do this with friends, right? And please say hi to your sister and your mom, your partners in the business. because We couldn't squeeze everyone into that little box. So <laughs> <laughs> I will take all of the slow flowers. Well, wishes right back to the yeah. farm to them. You can tell I am actually um, we. We're challenged on rural internet. So I am at uh, my sister's house right now, but, um, you know, the marketing department is working in the other room. Um, so if you hear dogs, you know, we're like everybody else. We hole up in our houses and get the computer work yeah. done when it's too cold to be out on the farm. Dogs and kids. Well, I'll just yeah. mention that um, by the time people watch this, they'll have just watched a short video that you did pre-record in uh, the high tunnel for that very reason that we knew we couldn't go live out there because of the um, the kind of signal strength. So uh, I love that little corporate, you know, conference room background you've got. That's pre pretty piece of art. <laughs> Thank <laughs> but you so much. We'll show lots of pictures of mumps. So our topic today 
are uh, heirloom mums. And, um, you know, you've been on the podcast before. We've done a a couple episodes about just other fun things that you've done, including just the story of your farm. I'll share those links for people in the show notes. But um, this mum craze is really, I mean, I know you go all in when you commit. Like when you bought, you know, the American made uh, pin frog business and rebranded it, as floral genius, you are all in. So it's just, it's just another one of your, um, obsessions, right? Well, you know, I think it's really interesting the whole journey of life that I have been on, um, and how the path has meandered and how things that I thought could never connect have connected in the most beautiful and honest of ways. And I like to just say that, you know, at Harmony Harvest, we are truly um, on the discovery of a better life through flowers and sharing that journey with others. Mm, And, you know, we started as flower farmers. Um, We get pregnant, baby on the hip, doing weddings, um, very small scale, and just kind of brought the family in. The passion, um, the, the vibe of the farm, um, that heartbeat really started to get stronger. And my sister joined with the addition of floral genius where we're doing the manufacturing of sustainable mechanics. Um, and all through, I think the stories that we've even talked about, there may have been some small, um, references to us growing chrysanthemums because it was, it's a crop that we actually, kind of adopted early, early on when I, think, I was just a little guy. <laughs> really? Because I I remember doing another episode about mums. I think you actually, I ordered a box or you sent me a box. And I remember asking you if, if my mums were winter hardy. That must have been about maybe fall of 2022. So it's been a bit, but that was, that was sort of the, you're saying that's not new. You've been growing mums since you were a kid. Oh yeah. Well, I've been growing mums, you know, um, I grow up, I've grown up in a very agrarian area. Um, Everybody always uh, landscapes and having the traditional potted mums in the fall was always a part of how our family decorated Mm. for the fall. Definitely got my kind of feet wet uh, when I was in the FFA and in those school youth programs in horticulture is a great kind of revenue generator. And when I became a flower farmer, I actually met another flower farmer who gifted me my very first uh, heirloom chrysanthemums, which actually I'm going to to stop us there. We like to say specialty okay. because we have identified that uh, mums actually there are a ton of different faces and looks to them and we can make our own new ones very easily and because of that it's very hard for them to have stable genetics and it's a crop that truly can't be an heirloom okay. because we can play with it and modify it so these older varieties these ones that are just so hard to find we are starting to try to let everyone know that we should use the right verbiage and call them specialty, which is kind of our U.S. jam anyways. Right. Um, it makes me really happy because they look so different than so many of the things um, that I had grown up traditionally knowing as moms. Uh, so I would say, gosh, I've been flower farming for about 10 years now. And it was in that very first year of infancy that I brought my first ones home. 
And can wild. we just stop here? Well, let's just stop for a second because I'm. I just yeah. want to clarify because you talked about, you know, your childhood and your your future farmers of America and like that kind of garden mom that you see at the garden centers. That is not the same plant as the no. specialty moms, in terms right. of stem length, especially, right? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, and even um, in terms of perennialism perennializing um, ability. Okay. Some of the specialty mums that we offer now are true perennials. Um, but I didn't know what I had. I had only known those pot mums. So I was gifted them and said I would grow them. But like so many of us didn't realize that there was another option. Um, that first year, I was really good at killing a lot of things. Seedlings did not survive. Um, a few plants made it. And ironically, those mums were the easiest thing for me to grow. They were a good crop for me to kind of get my gardening feet wet. I was a good gardener, but when you kind of decide to do flower farming on production, it challenges some of those um, gardening skills that yeah. you thought you had the knack for. And the mums didn't make me feel defeated. And after, you know, you get a couple months of rhythm, you get excited as that first season flower farmer. And usually that's when we find that frost takes us out before we're ready for mm. it. We've just kind of gotten those customers used to us. And um, I still had moms when everything else was gone. And I said, hmm, you know, I think there, I think there's something here. I really enjoy this. They don't stress me out all season. And they are the most beautiful way to kind of go out with a bang. Yeah. And so... Over the years, we have grown them outside in gardens. Um, some of the early varieties we put in pick-your-own-beds. Uh, I, I will never forget um, the first time I went to um, uh, uh, Holly Chapel's mm -hmm. uh, design event in the fall and flower stock and... Um, Ariella came and designed with my moms and I was about to I, fall over. I was there. I remember that. That was so special. It was. It was really yeah. special for yeah. me. So I feel like they've really been a part of my story. Um, but we started really enjoying them. As we have started ramping up shipping, it was one of the first flowers that we offered as a signature bouquet because I couldn't stop talking about them. So mm. then everybody wanted to see what these flowers looked like. And it was truly the first crop that I could sell out. I could actually move my stems. It was like, okay, uh -huh. feels good. So how many plants did you have yeah. at that point? Oh, gosh. I think we only had about 30 varieties. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah, no, I mean, I do everything obsessively. That's mm -hmm. still a lot. By a, a large amount, that's a lot. Um, and it, it was ebbing and flowing those first few years. I spent a lot of time talking to, you know, all my favorite mentors like Dave Dowling, um, about like, okay, and we overwinter these and save them how, uh, and I got better and better at it. Uh, and in fact, uh, it was right around COVID that, um, we went down into the bottom houses we were really good at having a blooming crop that took us right up until Thanksgiving. And then we all kind of turned our backs on those houses and made Christmas wreaths as fast as we could. And when we finished that, we went back to clean out those houses because, you know, Lizzie's got to get in the ground. There were plants and they looked really good. And I said, okay, I, 
I don't need these, but these are excellent mothers. And so we said, well, I wonder if we could ship their roots. Mm. And I wonder if anybody's interested. And so for two years, we actually did that and it worked really well. Um, we, we kind of got a bearing and we were like, okay, you know what? This crop has potential to offer farmers two different seasons of income because the specialty varieties that we're working with are not patented, which means unlike all of those mums that we see at Lowe's and Home Depot and everywhere else, we can take this very aggressively, very to grow plant and make more in the same production season. So if you buy five, you could have a row of 50 or a plot, a very nice hedge in your home landscape. Ask me, I know. So Um, when you were shipping bare root, what, mm -hmm. what was, was, did you knock all the soil off of a plant? Was it a, a, a rooted cutting? What was the size of that? It was, it was wild. Um, it was a little bit of wild, wild, wild west. And I honestly, I used to be, I got all kinds of old mum production books. And this was a really normal practice for how mums were started long, many, many years ago. Um, but I, I also felt like we could do things better. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is great. We can do this. That's not how the big people buy plants. Um, and plants come as plugs. And there was truly only one um, source, and that's limited capacity for the whole industry. Uh, so we said, okay, interesting. I wonder if we could do plugs. In the same year that we kind of decided to do um, plug shipping, which was 2022, the summer of it, we kind of said, okay, we would like to ship plants. Um we also realized that there was a lot of interest in finding these really accessible focal flowers in late season um, and finding a, a source domestically for those, okay, just take us to Christmas. Can we get through Thanksgiving in the U.S.? And and this crop was getting way more interest. So we decided, okay, we need to increase the collection. 30 sounds great. I think at that point we might had been up maybe 20 varieties or down a few. I'm not sure. Um, but we, we were missing a few ones that we knew we wanted. And we said, we have got to do a better job of being able to preserve these. So we went on a hunt. And my farm team that year, see, we, um, we got in cars and we drove all up and down the East Coast. We got on airplanes and we flew out to Oregon. And you just, like, cold call people and, and invite yourself to their farms? We or? Everywhere we could find, we were in private collections. We became um, National Chrysanthemum Society members and uh, really appreciate that group. In fact, find that there's a wealth of information over here and we're hoping to be a bridge uh, between some of the other pieces of the industry, because there's a lot of really helpful information. Uh, we have, um, we've gone to far, far places and made some really incredible friends. And some of these plants now in our collection have real personal attachments for us. Um, I know we have one that is literally named Zoe after who gave it to us, oh, um, or Zoe's, Zoe's mother. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it has expanded now to, uh, we're in the 
300 range. I'm not really sure. Somewhere it's been kind of creeping up. Some of us have a problem. Should I, yeah, it. should I pop them up on the website? Or I've got oh, the website open. Okay, why don't so, I why don't I share the screen and you can um, just sort of describe to people what they're seeing here. Yeah. So this is the, the MUM project page and look at all these resources here. Yeah, um, so we... We kind of have put all of this together to help kind of build a whole platform for our community to kind of sink their teeth into. Majority of the collection that we have actually came from the former grower of Land Sioux, which was a large West Coast um public um, arboretum style garden that had a very heavy focus on chrysanthemums and had the ability to acquire a collection beyond the U.S. So when they um, dissolved their collection, we acquired from their previous grower. So we're pretty blessed in some of these amazing varieties. I know, Uh, I'm drooling here. These are so (laughs) exquisite. Oh my gosh, do you know what kind of heaven I was in this past year as these were kind of waking up for us for the first time? And it's been it's been really fun to tuck them into my home landscape um, to figure out the hardiness levels of a lot of them because that information hasn't traditionally existed. Oh, and let's um, just pa- let's just pause for a second and say you're in Wires Cave, West for no, Virginia, not West Virginia. Right. right in the middle of Virginia. Yep. What zone and is that? What zone are you? So we were 6B, and I think we just got rezoned to like 7A. Okay. Absolutely. We have found that our varieties, we have them going all the way down into the fours comfortably. And then we have growers in Florida that are eating them up. So we're still working a little bit on determining what the hardiness is on each variety. Mm-hmm. And because the collection is so large. Uh, we're actually, last year we launched our own national trial with growers, farmer florists, um, we said floral advocates, um, really excited home gardeners just to try to get an idea under a variety of different um, growing hands what these uh, varieties, how they would perform across the country. And so we we met some amazing uh, growers doing that and made some new friends um, and then shared that information uh, at our November event, uh, Mum Summit, that we offer, which is our uh, virtual event. Right. And kind of do a whole recap of the season. And it has been phenomenal for us to get much more uh, accurate feedback from folks on what they're looking for. Um, those designers, I lean hard, what's the colors, where are the missing holes? Um, seasonal, seasonally, where do you wish you had them? Because the other, that's a really great part about this is that they are light sensitive and so or daylight sensitive, so we can manipulate when they bloom. And this is a crop that everyone in the U.S. could potentially grow. With these many varieties, we can all find our own kind of niche to supply. And collectively, the thought that we could actually have a domestically branded um flower that we might actually be able to see go the other way. I mean, I am all for at least covering the U.S., but it would be really great if 
combined forces saw us um, really be able to latch on. And I like, I don't travel without them. I brought okay. one of my mothers today. Just <laughs> to hang out with so, me. so tell me what's in there. Are those a bunch of cuttings or is that one plant? So this is one of our mothers. This is actually. Oh, you didn't um, mean Chris, your mother. You meant your mom. No, mothers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, we really like our moms here. Okay. <laughs> so we, we love on all moms. Yeah. Cute. Um, this this is uh, a stock plant. So this is one that is just waking up that we are getting ready to take cuttings off of. We have already taken close to a thousand cuttings that this year. That looks so healthy. So even, I know, when isn't amazing? even when it's only like two and a half inches, you can take a cutting from that. that oh, my. so we will not begin shipping uh, until the first of um, March. So we still have. Uh, a while for them to bulk up. And just as a point of reference, so I don't have the the best. I went in the greenhouse and yeah. got this. Live examples here. Um, these are Ellie pots. Okay? okay. So this has um, mom-specific soil in it and a plantable lining. It's kind of like sausage, right? Um, so it's, and it's completely biodegradable. It can go right into the, the soil. Whole thing. Yeah. Yep. And so we actually stick our cuttings into this and then we will ship this, which means the roots were never disturbed. The plants do so much better. And this isn't unique to Harmony Harvest by any means, but it's definitely been an incredible way for us to provide great quality and consistency. Now, what we are offering this year with our plants, because this is what the industry, the few that were doing it, we yeah. were like, what, what is great? This we love. Um, what we wish is we really want more roots, right? So Harmony yeah. Harvest is going to do these. Yeah. So this is I can a, see why, because it's just, if you can't pop it in the ground the minute you receive it, it could dry out. I mean, I'm just going to assume everybody's like me and, and super of, busy. we have great, listen, you know, show me that if, big one if, again while you're talking. If the world was paved with good intentions, I thought I was going to get them in the ground. Yeah. Uh, this just might us all some more time, which yeah. is super helpful. And, you know, it's important to me also, um, I do, I really believe in the power that these could collectively do for all of us. We're doing these cuttings. Other people, like I said, could do these cuttings. This is a great spring generator. This is a wonderful plant if we wanted to just do potted plants. Um, there is the ability for us to still do these as cut sales. So there's a lot of opportunities for us to kind yeah. of... It's like three uh, phases. You could do the, the right. rooted cutting, the full plant, and then the cut flowers, right? Right. So... For us, I just see that this is an opportunity for maybe touching a few of the flower-edged industries and providing some connection and making a very profitable crop. However, the other part of that that I'm going to say, I've been around long enough. I've been watching the whole dahlia world. I love them too, guys. I mean, they are some brilliant flowers. Um there is also a lot of us have been, I mean, I've been doing it too. We've been sharing tubers and we've right. seen a lot of disease issues. I've and heard about this. I've heard this is a big concern when small, small batch uh, tuber sales happen. People are questioning if there's going to be disease. So 
how do you prevent so that? There's a lot of diseases. And in fact, I've talked with some um, other growers who question whether dahlias are at the point that we can even clean them up. And mm. I hate, like, they're so oh, Because the genetic, the genetic uh, disease is just goes from, from plant to plant now. Yeah. Oh. And it's so deeply ingrained. So you know what? Here's what I say. You don't know until you know, and when you know, you do better. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we can still love on the dahlias. I will not stop growing them. I don't think they're going to be the crop that can save floral America. Chrysanthemums. Chrysanthemums definitely have their own diseases. Um, and we do know about those. So I have been working really hard and I know that there are other suppliers who have as well to work with state uh, and federal inspection agencies, make sure we're compliant, make sure there's nothing weird growing here, going out. But I want to take it a step further because you know what? I remember I just started working with, you know, compliance inspectors. What happens when you need to hustle and you're not at that level? And how do you trust what you get? So it is my mission. And this is one of those things. You know me, Deborah. I'm a visionary who likes to say the future and then have everybody hold me accountable. <laughs> I'm working really hard to create a truly certified clean genetic program. We're trying to work with some certifications that come through tissue culture so that everything that comes from Harmony Harvest is definitely certified clean and with the ability that you can test and certify your own things. Mm. So it, those are big dreams and things coming in the future, but we're working with the right mindset to keep this a controlled and taken care of for all the other farmers. Yeah. And it, like otherwise it was kind of like the Dahlia reference is sort of like the, the tuber gold rush, you know, and it was yes. like quick, it was tempting to divide your tubers and sell them. I know, and I know there's people who are selling beautiful products. So nobody, oh, right. no imp implication the, there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So for us, we want to share everything we know. How can we make sure it is good? And then how do we keep, uh, how do we keep it compliant and healthy mm -hmm. and sterile mm -hmm. and good? So we've also offered our online mum course. I think you had, brought that up earlier. Oh, that might've been when we yeah. chatted. Yeah. Let me pull that yeah. up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The mum growing guide. I love this. This actually came from a frustrated moment of customer service. <laughs> There's okay. only a few of us at the farm. Um, we love sending <laughs> out the mums, but then we also, we want to make sure everybody's helped and call after call of, I got them. What do I do? Oh, um, right. You had to create some kind of tool so, for people. Yeah. So this became, we just documented exactly how we do it. It is a full year of how Harmony Harvest runs the farm. There's videos, uh, there's links to supplies uh, that we use here at the farm. Uh, and everything that I've kind of come up with or have found out, you know, in the school of hard and ox, um, that made growing easier for me to share. So that has been an excellent resource. I always still check in with people. Do you like it? Do you feel yeah, like you got your yeah. value? It seems um, like a really good value because it's something you just keep going back to when you're at that next stage, probably. Yeah. Now you have to remember, like we are not digital content creators, guys. We are Remember, I'm a mom maniac. That's what right, I am. Right, right. Um, 
And so it is, it's not flashy, but it, it has the guts. It has the good information, the content, uh, to help you be successful and to make these like really an enjoyable piece of your life, whether you are just enjoying them at home. Cause I have them all over my yard. So my kids even have favorites and they can tell you which ones press and don't press. Don't ask me the kids know. Um, and then, you know, from the, the flower farm, we have fields where we know which early varieties will perform great, put them out in our field production or in our late season, pick your own. Our design table goes nuts when um, moms start coming into season because oh, you, you kind of get done with the dahlia shattering. You're kind of over it at that point. <laughs> let um, me ask you, let me ask you about these, these, um, some of these questions that are coming up in my mind, listening to you, it's like saying that they're around your landscape mm-hmm. in the, because that would be how I would love to try to use them. Do they need to be staked or like, do they flop over? What, what do you advise on that? They do. Okay. So here's what I am going to tell you. <laughs> I was an 80s baby, but I am over my eighties, nineties, manicured, prim. Everything has to be tight, right? And in its space. These are going to be your cottage-esque plants. These okay. are truly going to vine, twine, and yeah, you can stake them. That's how we get nice, strong stems for the garden or for our florist. But do I do that in my home landscape? No, I let I them ramble, and okay. I love that. Oh, I and love some that. of them, yeah, you know, think very fall. English garden esque, and they kind of and if they're in with other perennials and shrubs, then they kind of have their friends to hold them up. Yeah, exactly. And you will find there are different um, sizes um, and and heights of different plants. Some of them are more petite. Um, And so we have to do a lot of like encouragement to get the stem length for cuts. Um, And that's what you're talking about with, with the light response and that sort of thing. Yeah, so so all of them will kind of bloom when the day length gets to a certain point. So um, it's actually really easy to modify, like to the point. Um, a and this is how easy. And I never made the connection. If you ever bought um, potted mums at the garden center and you put them on either side of your front porch, right. And then you turn on the front light and you can't understand why one's not blooming like the other. It's because the one under the light is being affected by the light. That's how little bit of light and how quickly they can be affected. Now outside we can use just some shade cloth and also in the summer force them to bloom out of season. So there's some, even in my landscape, my kids like to make little teepees and see what they can do. That's such a cool science project, um, yeah. but in the in the for the growing production, you mm-hmm. um, you're mostly doing in the high tunnel, like we saw in the video, or are you doing some field growing? So in bloom season, what you saw in the video is us getting all of these crates and crates and crates. This guy just happens to be in a pot of the mother plants, where we're going to be taking cuttings and. Um, trimming them all up so that we make all of these babies. And then we have high tunnels that we will grow our cut crops. And we usually will try to time up. There are three different bloom categories on the moms. We have early, mid, and late. Okay. So my early and maybe a couple I'll test out um, mid, we'll put outside. 
And that's what I say with the field growing picurum. We're usually seeing them flush in September. Okay. I've seen them as early as August, a few of them real late August, the first of October. And then anything that will definitely bloom mid-October and later, we recommend putting in a tunnel or protecting. Now, like I said, I put some of those close by my house. And um, for homeowner enjoyment, I still was able to pick blooms for like Thanksgiving in some of the protected areas and make a Thanksgiving centerpiece around my house. Was it perfect? No. Did it mean a lot to me? Yes. (laughs) Um, Did I have better flowers from the high tunnels? Of course. Uh, But, you know, it's we're not going to get those types of blooms naturally that late from anything else. No, and what, absolutely like, not. This is like the miracle flower for extending right. the season. Yeah. Wow. And the fact that we can, the fact that we can kind of curate um, like, Oh, I love these bright yellow ones. Let me see if I could play around and experiment with spring or how about this? Thank you, Harmony Harvest, for sending these absolutely huge plugs because they were so happy in there. I forgot to plant them until like August. <laughs> no, it happens, even to the best of us. But with late plantings, then we get short bloomers. And okay, that's a potted bloomer for back to school. Send that to the teachers. Yeah. Um, as opposed to some of the short blooming hydrangeas. So there are lots of opportunities um, there's lots of opportunities, I think, with the mums for us all to find a place and really collectively work together. And it's one of the things where there's a lot of information, but not a lot of um, current information right. and how this works with all the advancements that we have seen. So I think it's exciting. I mean, you want to talk about the perfect project plant. Um Forget the house plants. Bring them right. inside. Right. Well, I, here are the takeaways that I want to. I want to just circle back and reinforce. Number one, we're talking in early January. And this is a good yeah. time to start planning your year yeah. of moms because you guys are not going to ship until early May, March. Is that what you're saying? Right. So okay. we will we will start shipping early March, and we will ship up until you know that. Mother's Day holiday gets close. We ship right up till uh, through the end of April. And um, we have all of our availability on our website. And and the plan is to grow this more, but we got to start okay. somewhere. Okay. We have wholesale on these guys too. Okay. So if you want to some and you want to try a whole bunch, we have small packs of individual varieties available. If you are like, I am a flower farmer, I need to grow a 200-foot row, uh, you can log into a, you can apply for a wholesale account, log into the wholesale, and all of the varieties we are offering wholesale will come up with wholesale pricing Okay, as well. so is, the, is that on your, oh yeah, right here, more, more ways to mm-hmm. shop wholesale, so people can check yep. that out. Yeah, if you click there and you apply, we will get you approved for account and you'll log back in and all of your um, prices change. So you may be like, I am very interested in wholesale moms. And then you're like, oh my gosh, they also have flowers and dry flowers and Mm -hmm. frogs. Mm -hmm. And 
we're, we want to be accessible to help grow the industry for everyone. Um, and so the flowers, it was really important for me that the moms we were able to offer on wholesale. The other thing we should point out, though, is that preservation box. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because these are retail. This forty dollars is a retail price, correct? Yes. And this yes. is not and a this is not a plug. This is a, 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 a what size is this when it comes? So these are going to be our fifty plugs, and that is four plants per variety. People who are buying this are either like avid home gardeners or maybe like the chrysanthemum yes. society kind of crowd. Is that what you're saying? Correct. We also have tons of flower farmers. Some of the mm -hmm. varieties are pretty hard to find. I'm looking at Jane Sharp down there. Okay. Um, she was one that was pretty elusive um, for us to source. We what love her a, a What a sweet. Isn't that, yeah. It looks like the, the hairstyle of a 50s, you know, bombshell, you know, actress or something. Don't you <laughs> love that? Yes. Uh, I love it. Yeah, love it. Okay, so you've, because of this big hunt you went on, you've been able to get all these mother plants and really yes. produce babies that you can then share with others through this program. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so tell now me about the, the preservation box. I don't know what the, what is that? Yeah, so this I love because this kind of gets everybody helping us along with the initiative of preserving these plants. These are, they're all labeled varieties, but we, it's kind of um, grower's choice on what goes in that box. So you're going to get a total of 24 plants and a minimum of 10 different varieties. So mm -hmm. there's not a whole lot of duplication if you want a lot of variety of what we have gotten. And we try to stick with some uh, more of the um, varieties that are not listed in main production. So it's a lot of the obscure harder to find in our collection. And this is how we can kind of ramp them up to offer more in the future. And so the whole goal is that with us kind of sharing these and getting them out there, more people are growing mums, more people are offering mum plants. And then we can actually maybe take back a good bit of yeah. that I really love your attitude too. It's like, I've not heard a single thing that you've said that hasn't been encouraging people to basically emulate what you're doing and create their yes. own mom program. Yes. You're not afraid of more mom growers because there no. aren't enough right now. Correct. Correct. <clears throat> no, um, I'm working really hard to try to to show everybody like, hey, this is making me some money. I think it can make you some money. And I think if we all work together. It also makes me really profoundly happy. Yeah. So if anybody's just looking for some joy, um, but I think we feed off of that. And so if we all just work together, look at how much we did with dahlias, right? Yeah. Look at how much. It changed the whole a, slow flowers, you know, ah, practitioner in, in a decade. Yeah. So think if we think of all of our grindy points with that flower and think, okay, if we do it again, this could be the one that really like clicks guys. I just think that there's a lot of opportunity and so much so that I am literally picking up the phone. I am calling people just to, I'm going, I am Johnny Appleseeding the moms across yes. America. Yes. I love um, and it. I, I want to talk about it and I want people to tell me where their pressure points are. Um, because you know, after like, I guess post COVID, if that's the world we live in, um, 
I am authentically wanting to connect. And I think bigger connections make better things together. And so, yeah, I'm going to go out there and scream about these for the benefit of all of us uh, and hope that I make some change. Well, Jessica, um, I want to ask you a one kind of concluding question, but is there anything else that you, um, that you, that I didn't ask you or that we didn't touch on? Cause this is like, this is a lot for people to take in and they need to get on your, get on your website and spend some time. There's a lot of FAQs that are, you know, free resources already there. So do that and then s- sign up for updates. Cause you're going to announce when product is available. People can order product now, right? We're trying to make it so that it doesn't feel like I missed the gun. Yeah. Um, we don't want it to feel like scarcity, guys. I yeah. want more of this. Yeah. Uh, so we're yeah. doing our part right now on that. There is one thing, Deborah. If anybody gets anything from this, grab the pencil. Listen close. Okay. You ready? Yep. Slow mums. Oh, right. You're going to share a promo code. I have it written down right here. We'll, we'll share that with everybody who, who listens. So what is that? Like your, your uh, secret prize? If you, if you slow, place an order. Slow Moms is going to get you a special, super secret, only for our Slow Flowers listeners and community uh, deal on any of those mums that you okay. buy um, retail or wholesale from us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jessica. Yeah, I guess absolutely. what I, I wanted to thank you for for reaching out and sharing this. I wanted to just like circle back to the whole thing about the certification and the um you know third yes. party um evaluation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what is what is that? What's the timeline on that? Yeah. So I we are certified. We are as compliant as you can get. Oh, okay. Great. I am, Yes. Um, So when you get any boxes from Harmony Harvest, uh, whenever there is plants that have the root system, okay? Mm -hmm. So you get your bouquets from us, you don't see the sticker. But if you get plants that have a root system, you're going to see our inspector, Miss Molly. She's like a personal friend now. Um, And she's been helping me because I keep trying to level up the certification. Right. she so we that is our certification label that goes out and we are certified annually um, that says we are compliant. We've been checked. We work with our state and we work with the federal USDA. We've been working with other independent labs. And this is where it gets really pricey um, to kind of do a DNA profile of each of these varieties. Wow. And then, yeah. And from that, we'll be able to create a whole bunch more, but we'll also be able to make sure that they are clean and maintained that way. So it is an ongoing process. It, um, I think we're looking not in the months kind of timeline, um, but it's something that we share a lot about at our annual summit and on our newsletter um, for the mums uh, uh, to tell people how this is coming along and where we are. And so there's been some in- interesting advancements, um, but but join the newsletter and follow yeah. along. No, that's really helpful. It's, it's like you've done what is available to you now, but now you're going to private labs to kind of get a little more deep into intel, I guess, about these varieties. Yeah. We need to make sure um, the plants are clean, but how deep can we check those 
um, varieties to make sure there's no hidden viruses? And also, how do we keep them clean and sterile? And then how do we create a certification? So that is my end goal, um, is that we will see certifications that it, actually, I'd love to see it not just on moms, but that's my baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, my plants have been certified that they are clean genetics. Um, and I and here's the other part I want, because why not shoot for the moon? I'm a small grower and I want to hustle plants and I want you to do it, too. I want you to have the ability of testing and certifying your own things off your own farm. That's right. I, I know this about. sounds big and yeah, it sounds big and scary. And I think that's why there hasn't been as much activity. Um, but I'm not letting that scare me. And I'm I am Googling a lot of stuff. I'm hanging <laughs> out in lab coat if I have to. But it's really it's not as scary um, no. as it might feel intimidating. No, it's like you've kind of you're kind of creating your own template and then that's a template that your customers could also adopt yeah. if they want to start doing their own, you know, breeding yeah. or whatever. Right. The whole goal is that we can all um work on this together because they're uh, we are all given one life and I don't know that I could do this as big as I have dreamed up in my one life. So let's get everybody together and see how big we could blow it out together. All right. Well, I'm excited. I definitely want to participate at least as an attendee in your mom uh, summit next fall, because it kind of comes and goes. I know you've done it twice, right? Yes. All right. Yes. Got- it was so much fun. We, um, we actually, we had the president of the National Chrysanthemum Society I saw speaking. that. That's crazy. He, it, wealth of information. And I have found growers who, you, these plants were not as rare as they are now, but growers who remember from their childhood because they're second or third generation and what it was like cultivating in them back then. And I am a sucker for the stories that go yeah. along with them. Yeah, because I love it. That, that that energy continues in these plants and we send that out in the world and that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's like your it's like your calling now to keep this this uh beautiful cultivar or genus, I guess, alive, yeah. all the cultivars, um and and relevant. And um they're more yeah. relevant than ever because of the desire to have local and seasonal flowers. And that season sweet spot is just like Thanksgiving flowers on your table that you grew yourself or bought from your favorite flower farmer. Right. And, and they're not just ornamental cabbages. I mean, this is awesome news, <laughs> right? All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. I, I'm so inspired. And, um, you know, I love the timing of this. There's a lot of resources. We'll share them in our show notes and use that uh, slow mums uh, promo code. If you want to get a little uh, love from the, the team at Harmony Harvest Farm and let's check back in and um, when your when your fields are just amazing yes. I want to see photos oh you just wait I will load you up <laughs> okay. thanks so much happy new year Thank you. happy new year Thanks so much for joining me today. As you heard us discuss, in collaboration with the USDA and other agricultural authorities in states across the U.S., Harmony Harvest Farm is compliant with all required regulations, training, and inspections. 
I've added a link from their website to more information about their efforts to provide disease-free plants through the shipping program. I don't know about you, but I'm inspired, and because I don't have a lot of cutting garden space, I'm looking at my front garden border with a new point of view, thinking about where I can perennialize some of these juicy chrysanthemums among my grasses, shrubs, roses, and other permanent plantings. You can watch the replay video of my conversation with Jessica at slowflowerspodcast.com for episode 645 and find links and more resources to the topics we discussed. Our next thank you goes to Red Twig Farms, based in Johnstown, Ohio. Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches, and a popular peony bouquet by mail program. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. The new year is off to a great start already, and I love hearing from our listeners and viewers about how inspired they feel after learning from our guests. If I haven't said it often enough, our programming is the voice of the Slow Flowers movement, and we love showcasing our members and their stories. As we think about the shifts, opportunities, and changes in the floral landscape for 2024, I hope you took a moment to read the just-released Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast, our 10th annual report. I'll share the link in our show notes for you to check it out. We're honored that the UK-based lifestyle publication House and Garden has picked up on the forecast, reporting on three of our seven insights and those influences on the gardening world for 2024. I'll share that link in the show notes too. Our next sponsor thank you goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than one million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one base at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.